Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 41. Um, brought to you by Phantom Bill Stickers. At Lafare help us out. They give us coffee, and Yeasty Boys help us out too. They 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 give us some lovely tasting beer. Uh, this is a conversation with Nadia Reed. Nadia Reed is a fantastic singer-songwriter just the one full-length album to her name but it's been floating around for a couple of years now she sort of put this record out self-released it and then it sat there a few people cottoned on and then a few more and then uh, she was signed internationally started touring internationally and all of the kind of support came flooding in like everyone lined up to say how great this record was uh, myself included we're all a little bit late to the party I think but uh, what's great and what I found out talking to her is you know she was just going to do this and keep doing this anyway uh, it wasn't actually about it becoming some big thing it wasn't that's not what she got into this for um, she grew up in Port Chalmers and then recorded the record in Littleton uh, with that with that crew down there Ben Edwards and all of his great musicians and um She's recorded a second record that's going to come out uh, early next year. She just made the announcement about that. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a much uh, look forward to and hyped project, I would think. And the early indication, there's one song that's been released of it, is that it's, it's going to be a terrific record, a great follow-up to this. So talk to her about her process, what she does, why she does it, where she's been. She's toured all over the place on the back of this. And I think it's sort of largely been kind of quite overwhelming for her is the reports that we had but talking to her she's just taken it all in her stride um, and I really enjoyed this conversation we got into a few things around the music awards and some of the sort of admin and business of music and some of the bullshit of all of that and uh, yeah so I enjoyed talking to her for that as well but um, also this record's just been one of my favourites across the last year or so a real talent so really nice to have met her and uh, spend some time talking to her. This is me chatting with Nadia Reid. One of the things I thought might be interesting to talk to you about um, is the process that you've gone in, uh, under in general, but the process that you've gone through with, with interviews, because I imagine that has been something of a baptism by fire for you. I imagine you've been hit by a lot of media quite quickly. Yeah. And more so than perhaps you expected and certainly more so than some people get in quite a concentrated burst. Yeah, um, I guess, like, yeah, I mean, the last kind of year and a bit, it's kind of, there's been this rapid mm. increase because, you know, I put out my first record, I self-released that record. Yeah, so it's quite old, it's a good couple of years old now, isn't it? Yeah, like it was, uh, we made it in 2014, mm. and literally, you know, no one, I couldn't, no one really wanted to put it out, I wasn't trying very hard, but, um, so it's kind of had the, this, like, three kind of yeah. releases, um, but, you know, I didn't have any intentions in the very beginning to kind of my intentions weren't to get attention or to mm. get in um, pitchfork or you know it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. this kind of bonus thing the next thing you're in the wave <laughs> you know like that must have been what it was like I think for you like next yeah. thing you're right there in the middle of the wave like next thing you are getting featured on pitchfork and getting raved about here and getting raved about there and getting like a a cool label yeah. pick you up 
and mm. release the record and release a vital mm. and you know there's demand to and release it internationally and there's demand to play in territories yeah. maybe further afield than you thought you would mm. or uh, if not to return to them it's hard to really I haven't really thought about this kind of it's probably really different to be in it than mm. what it looks like from mm. the outside because mm. for me it's like I feel like I've been really level the whole time like obviously there's some massive changes that I can see you know like you know two years ago I would be playing in Wellington to like you know 30 people mm. and now I can play to like 250 people and, can a yeah. yeah and it's like you know and I can sell out an Auckland show two weeks before it, it you know like that kind of stuff is just like oh that's awesome you mm. know like that means that I don't have to work in a day job and or I can kind of do more music and yeah um and I guess yeah the fan base has kind of grown and mm, mm. Well, maybe then we'll let's maybe we'll actually go right back to the start and mm. and, and work forward from there since that's since that's what you've done. So, because mm. the record, uh, I mean, I understood it as this. I guess I got it in that second wave and understood it as um, this really perfectly realised album, um, which which I think it is. But also, it's fair to say it comes from quite a wide stretch of time doesn't it like it's mm. songs that like three or four years worth of songs yeah yeah so, because it took so long to finally get into the studio to make that record yeah like there were kind of quite a few failed attempts um to get in there and by the time you so said by the time we got in there it was just like this just you know yeah. it was just so it happened in like nine days mm. I think you know like mm. it was real quick Mm. And in some ways, that album could have happened a little earlier. Um, so it was just a backlog yeah. of, of songs, really. And what did you do before that? Just an EP? Just a single EP? Yeah, I did an EP in, um, in 2011, which I like. just don't want anyone to ever hear. Ever yeah, hear. right, okay. So that's, <laughs> that you've managed to <laughs> I mean, people sync that. Yeah, people still kind of ask about it. Yeah, I bet. There was one song that featured in the film that Gerard Smythe made about the earthquake. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that kind of um, sparked a little bit of, you yeah. know, that was a good thing to be involved in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, probably just have to get over myself. It's just, it just marks, <laughs> it just marks time, you know, it's like... I don't know if you've, if you've <clears throat> felt about this, um, and I, I haven't heard it, so I'm not saying it's full of, full of mistakes, I'm just acting on your... Um, your impulse that you don't want people to really hear it but I don't know if you've had this with with other artists that you like when you get hooked on someone's music you you not only want to hear everything you in particular want to hear possibly those false steps at the start those mistakes and you want to you want to see where they've come from so I imagine that's what a lot of people yeah you know that they're just hoping it's four or six or eight more good songs from you or whatever but yeah I'm sure they'd be interested if it isn't as strong mm. you know they're not going to hold that against you it's, it's yeah there's there's a because there's uh, the timelines in place they know that it's x amount of years earlier than the album they know that it's a first thing mm. so I think there's that you know um so well where did you grow up and, and when did you first hit music when did music first hit you when did you get uh hooked on it I 
grew up in Dunedin in Port Chalmers and um, I guess it was probably around like age 14 or 15 um, I was watching this movie and uh, there was a soundtrack to the movie and it was a Be Good Tanya's song and I heard it and it just like you know, I had, back in those days, it was really hard to find out what yeah. what that was. Managed to find out who it was, and just like went to the record store and just got obsessed with this band. That we could yeah, they were great. Yeah, like obsessed. Like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about mm. it. And then that kind of led on to Jolly Holland, and I think music, like my mum's musical, and so we've always had music in the house and mm-hmm. did music at school, and then. Um, kind of was a real natural progression it was just this just happened it wasn't a choice it was just like just just happened yeah I guess a a kind of key event was um so Hannah Harding Aldous Harding Mm -hmm. and I kind of we grew up quite a bit together from age 14 15 16 and we actually started writing songs together and playing and um, she was a great support for me. She was the first person that ever said to me that I think you have a good voice. Mm. And so that kind of was a massive period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that, right? When you're when you're writing songs and, and attempting to sing them, mm. the, the, I would imagine the first validation you need is not even that the song is good you 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 probably feel that yourself on some level mm. but having someone tell you that the voice is good enough to carry it yeah means oh yeah i could go you know it's almost like i could get better at writing yeah if, if i can do something that's enough that people will put up with hearing it i can get better at writing mm. or you know you can do you know you can cover songs, you know, you can do that. Mm. I'm thinking Beacon Tanya is good songwriters, but a range of really good covers, right? Mm. Almost anything that they touched yeah. cover-wise was fantastic. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, so, and what about um, sort of instrumentally? Was it the guitar yeah. first and foremost and always? Do you always. play other instruments? No. I mean, I did piano lessons and I did guitar lessons, but I always, like, just stopped. Could never stick to it. Yeah. Um, so I've had like various teachers, but major- it's been mostly self-taught. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like something that just never stopped happening. You know, I just have always had a guitar, and it's just always been there. Yeah. 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 Um, and so you just, what's the process from there? Like, when do you, you know, you might not think anything of that EP now, but take me to the, through the steps that get you to recording an EP well, I'm feeling like obviously though at that time those are your best songs I moved to Christchurch when I left high school and um, I had Hannah was playing in the Eastern at, the mo- at that time mm. and so I kind of had connected up with the Eastern and Marlon Williams and um, Delaney and so there's a really strong kind of community of musicians up there so I shifted up there and met Ben Edwards. Yeah. And I don't know how it happened, but we ended up. Um, I I guess I had a desire to make a, make something to make a small a short record, and then it happened. 
um, and it was I was just like thinking back now you know I was just so um, it was just really new yeah like I was so nervous to play in a in a group of people mm. I just remember feeling incredibly nervous but being you know from I think I was about 18 then um, he was just he must I don't know he just he wanted to make the pro he wanted to do the project and he wanted to do it and he was really supportive and and we made it and at the time I was really proud of it mm. and I put it out and toured it um, and it had a really small kind of growing fan base you mm. know yeah and then when you finally get to make the record it's with him again and, mm. and I guess you're that much more you're that much more ingrained in that sound and what you're doing, but that whole uh, stable has taken off as a uh, a hotbed. You know that Littleton sound and you know mm. Ben Ben is a production sort of guy, a, a, a wizard essentially, like a, a person mm. who's conjuring great performances and songs out of a bunch of different people. Mm. Yeah, it's, well, we were all just kind of friends, you know, and we all just kind of gravitated to this, to this, to Littleton, and, and so, yeah, by the time we made the record, I'd done heaps of touring, heaps of playing, you know, just, like, hard touring, and I'm so grateful that I kind of did that. Mm. I think, you know, it really bugs me when musicians don't have to go through that. Yeah. Like, just... You know, going to because it, it feels like it shifted somewhat that a lot of musicians now might experience that fame from that whatever fame is, but they might experience the building of an audience through the releasing of a song yeah. that they have maybe created in their bedroom or someone else's bedroom, yeah. and then they have to go about and learn the whole process of playing live, and yeah. it's quite a letdown for yeah. probably for both them and their audience. Like they probably are very aware of it yeah so you're talking about that like that process of getting out there and doing the yards and learning how to play yeah and also kind of earning your yeah. crowd as well what um, about dying on stage what about um, dealing with bad performances bad audiences heckling um, did you have that at that stage I think I've been really lucky yeah yeah probably blocked out all the bad stuff <laughs> yeah yeah but it, i mean i've never had anything too traumatic i generally i've had it i mean probably like recently if the only time i can remember was like recently in, in brisbane where i had a kind of crazed man but i managed to kind of kind of own it you know yeah i think i've been incredibly lucky yeah. so the early touring you talk about was it just you playing solo or did you always have were you, have you always played on stage with I played, some sort of backing unit yeah it was a lot of it was solo I played a, a bunch Hi. with Flora Knight who was mm -hmm. uh, playing fiddle for the Eastern and then met Richie Picard who we played together he plays double bass and then he introduced me to Sam Taylor and Joe McCallum and you know since then I mean, Sam's my lo kind of long-term collaborator, yeah. and so now we play a lot together. Yeah, yeah. And how, I mean, how good are all these guys, right? Like Joe is 
I mean, on on a handful of records, and yeah. he's a great um, component on all of those without ever overtaking, without you know, like a perfect yeah. backing musician. Yeah. You know, perfect supporting. Supporting is a better word because that's exactly what mm. he and, and I guess the rest of that crew are doing. Mm. They're incredible people. I'm just like so lucky that they wanted to make the, the records. Mm. I mean, they're on my second record as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know, someone like Sam, he's so committed to the to the music, and he's in it for those reasons, for for the music, and. You know, I'm so you don't find that all the time, mm. and I think for me to play music with someone, I have to have a kind of connection with them because yeah. it is really quite a. It's kind of it's quite a special thing to to perform with someone. You know, like you're kind of on a wave, you're kind of on your own kind of wavelength, and it really it really does kind of bond people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and. I mean, they're just incredible, and they're all kind of jazz trained, and I'm like not jazz trained at all. I can't yeah. even read music. Yeah. But it's like, I just the way we work is I write songs, I I play it to them, and they're just like, they just it's like we speak this language. Yeah, yeah. It's not words. It's not. It's just they just get it, you know. Well, it's that I imagine it's that good relationship where you each get something out of it. They can't do what you do. Yeah. They're not songwriters, although yeah. I guess they, you know, have some, some of them probably have some capability towards that on whatever level, but they're not singer-songwriters, mm. and they um, aren't trying to, you know, realise their own material. You need other musical voices to, to make your stuff sing outside of what you bring to it, mm. and to help with arranging it into the right shape, mm. so you're, you're each giving giving and getting something from it. Mm. You know, you're feeding them with the musical stuff that they can't do and they are returning the favour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so you you put this record out, this one that you're now probably absolutely sick of talking about, <laughs> sick of playing a mm. little bit, mm. certainly sick of talking about and, and you've had to live with it for a lot longer than... But that has to still be something of a blessing and not a curse, of course, because if you didn't have that to to play to and talk about then the pressure would be on straight away to follow mm. it up and that might not work and mm. you've had a you've you know you've had a good a really good run with this so talk me through a little bit about what happens with that so you self-release this record and no one essentially no one notices i mean it's just it's just there you've got a little bit of a fan base you've mm. you're playing shows and it's it's really just the extension of the ep it's the mm. next the next step you know it's uh um, the songs you probably feel are better Mm. Um, but it's just another version of what the EP was. Yeah, I mean, I think to it begin was, with, it was a step up. Yeah, a total step up yeah. and progression you know, development. You know, yeah, sort of say like it's, but it's serving the same purpose, but looking to extend you a bit more. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, I actually did a, a pledge me campaign to raise cash mm -hmm. to make it. Mm -hmm. So I had a hundred people kind of that had pledged for it. That you know, I was I was making it was all to be sent out to them and that was great and I had this really loyal fan base and mm. it, you know it was it was great and we had some kind of low-key release shows and it was more like an achievement for me like I, f I felt good that we'd made this record and then f a few months later um, Aaron from Spunk Records 
um, emailed me and said, um, can't stop listening to it. I really didn't want to put out another female folk singer from New Zealand, but I can't stop listening to it. And that just, that happened. Mm. So that was like the best thing that could have happened because Tiny Ruins had been on Spunk and that record label was kind of like my, that was the goal, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I didn't want to hound him. I didn't want to beg someone to put it out. It it just needed to be kind of a natural thing. Mm. And now we have this really amazing relationship, Aaron and I, and he is quite, he's heavily responsible for Mm. all the rest, really. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to sort of get my head around, when you put the record out to begin with, you're playing shows around where you live, you've, you've extended beyond that, you've played, you've travelled New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you haven't travelled outside of New Zealand to play music. No, I didn't go to Australia until I was signed to Spain. Yeah. So you probably, on some level, at some point before this spunk signing comes, you're probably thinking, oh, well, the next step is to try and get traction to tour overseas, but you, you really don't even have anything in place for that. No, it seems like this kind of yeah. impossible dream. Yeah, that's know. the next thing, yeah. if, it, if it can happen, not, not a case of when, but if. Yeah. And so then it becomes a case very quickly of how soon can we get you, I imagine, with, with the spunk signing, how soon can we get you to a new territory, how soon can we get you across the ditch, mm. how soon can we get you further afield. Mm. So, what, you pack your bag and play some Aussie shows? Yeah, I do, I've, I've been over about six times now, and the first times were really kind of... It's definitely started at the bottom. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've had back, to really... It's w- back to, like, first performances in New Zealand. Yeah, but, in a way. but because it was Melbourne, it's kind of like... Yeah. You know... Yeah. Playing to half of New Zealand anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've worked, you know, like I just played in Melbourne recently and um, it was a bit of a funny time because there was no, I'd kind of just been there in March and I was here again and I had, you know, my, I haven't, wasn't really for anything. Yeah. But this, the room's still like full, complete, you know. Mm. And, but I've worked for that because that's sixth time playing. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, oh, I'm just, yeah, I'll never, I never ever want to take that for granted, you know, that, that there's actually fans, mm, mm. you know, people I don't know, mm. yeah. And so then what, then you go and do a giant big massive tour where you play, what, night after night in new cities and even in new countries? Yeah, so then I got a, a booking agent, mm. um... God, it's all a blur now, but yeah, sort of got a booking agent. This came from, so then the record was released in Europe. Yeah. um, And got a booking agent, went to Europe, and I mean, that's like the biggest and the biggest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it was so good for me because you kind of really confronted with what the fuck you're doing, you know, like why why am I doing this? And 
and I think being a Kiwi as well, I'm like I'm quite. I'm like oh, I'm still like oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. Like I still have that kind of mm. thinking. And what about um, during or after some point of that tour? Are you like, well, I could just go and get a job. Like that. Well, might I think actually, about that like every day. That might actually be <laughs> more straightforward than this. Yeah. I think about that every day still. I do. I, yeah. I was talking about this recently about how, like, how people view musicians yeah. and, like, I'm, I love, like, there's nothing else that I could probably do that's going to, like, feed me as much yeah. as music does. But it's real. it's not like, it's actually quite hard yeah. a lot of the time. Like, to be... A soul, you know, to be a a songwriter and a performer, and to kind of back yourself all the time. And essentially, every show you're performing, you're, you know, you're singing these kind of songs that are about, you know, my music's not happy music. So it's like it's fucking, it it can be really hard. You're bearing your soul. Yeah. 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 And so some like quite often I'm like, I just, I'm just gonna go and study nursing. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. But also, I just need to do things that are completely outside of music as well, and and that's important. I think everyone has to. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Europe. I guess my biggest um, kind of revelation over there was that how much music had been like this incredible kind of comfort through all you know for the last ten years. It's mm. like been this constant like comfort to me you know yeah, yeah like almost like a companion and so i had i was just feeling incredibly kind of grateful i wonder how your listed tastes had sort of uh broadened and changed over those initial years from when you say the the first go-to thing is be good targets in terms of putting you on the path i imagine what happens for you at some point soon after that as soon as you start performing perhaps and obviously with releasing material, you get a whole lot of people in your audience, not just reviewers, but people that come and see you, they start telling you what you sound like, yeah. what you should be listening to, yeah. uh, what they think you would like. Yeah. And sometimes they're right on the money, and other times they're probably way off. Yeah. But how do you, like, what does that mean to you? And do you gather some of that stuff up? Is that a good source of... Uh, interest and influence to you it's funny how people always need to compare yes artists to others because yeah in a lot of the reviews I'd get the same kind of repeating names mm. of sounds like and yeah I can't remember I mean uh, Joni Mitchell yeah we just come from such different sets of circumstance I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your range which, which just about every female singer-songwriter no. gets. And, and I say that as someone guilty of making that comparison, I think, a few times. Yeah. Um, I was talking with someone about this recently, I think it was Charlotte Yates, and saying, certainly where I come from, um, with it, Jodie's like a gold standard, so it, 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 you know, it means the world. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's a positive, and I hope that any of the people that I've ever compared her to that's what they might have got from it. It's like yeah. it's, it's a total endorsement of like, 
Yeah. You know, it's Jody Jody Mitchell's, Mitchell's on the top of the mountain with Bob Dylan, you know, like... I mean, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, I bet. It's especially, you're talking about someone one album into mm. however long your career's going to be, and you're being yeah. compared to a person that's that's made music for 40 years, right? Yeah. So, um, but also there's that thing um, of... Um, we always seem to compare female artists to only other female artists like mm. the only thing that you could possibly be listening to is other women you know mm. which is I don't know how you feel about that but it, I, I think for a while I mean, you know I think when I was learning to write reviews and I think this still stands but when I was learning to write reviews I think one of the reasons the comparing to other artists comes about and maybe this is where reviewers have influenced listeners is is simply just a shorthand a musical shorthand we only have it's different now like I can write 5,000 words about your new album if I want to but mm. when I started writing reviews I had 135 words to play with it's not a lot mm. so whilst the artist might or the, or the or the fan might want to read this big flowing flowery description of something it's really easy to say you know if you like this try this mm. it's, it is just a shorthand to point you in the direction of something yeah. that's where it sort of all started from that's how I understand it anyway because people need to kind of yeah, and so you give, brains. and so the more important and the bigger the name, it isn't, it isn't just a kudos thing, it's also a, you will have heard of this, you know, so if you yeah. say, Joe, if you say <coughs> Be Good Tanya's, <coughs> that's quite obscure to, to a lot of people. Yeah. But if you say, Joe, I mean, God, if you say Jodie Mitchell, that's still quite obscure to a lot of mainstream people, you yeah. know, like, for, as important as she is to a lot of people who have heard her, <coughs> she's not like a giant hit machine, so, no. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that feels uncomfortable, as you say, but what else? Like, do you go, have you, have there been sort of comparisons where you're just like, well, that's frankly baffling, that's silly, or have there been comparisons where you're like, never heard of that person, but I'll check them out, then you go, either, wow, that's pretty close, or just, or even just, wow, that's cool music, you know, like, I'm going to take that music on board. Not really, no, I mean... Most of the comparisons I've, you know, a lot of them I've heard of, mm. a couple of them I haven't, and I don't, I haven't really looked, and I mean, yeah. this year's kind of been a kind of bad year for me, kind of listening to music, and I really need to, like, change that, because um, I've seen a lot of live gigs, mm. and that's awesome, mm. but in terms of listening, I'm just listening to the same stuff. Which I'm okay with, but I just need to start pushing the boundaries a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but then you've also you've been working on a new record. Yeah. And so there's that thing that people talk about too, where perhaps the worst thing that you can do in working on a new record is to pick up on all these threads of what people have told you you should check out because, or that they think you sound like, because then that starts to get in the way of what your of your process of what you're trying to do with new music, right? Yeah, uh, and it, sometimes it yeah sometimes it doesn't help. Like we had a couple of kind of reference. I think our main kind of reference um, album for this for this new record is was we listened to a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, cool. And what period? What what sort of rumors? Oh yeah, Bas- just yeah. rumors. Yeah, well, can't go wrong, right? It's... Yeah, like. Um, yeah, I think it is. Sometimes it doesn't help. 
when you're trying to, you know, with the reference album, like I. Yeah. It was in, for the first record, um, you know, Andrew Olsen's "Burn Your Fire" was 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 my reference album, yeah. like totally. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was just. It's not like you you're trying to copy copy. It's, like, it's just no, like a, a feel. Yeah. I mean, this new record exists and that it's finished. It, it's coming out. And I mean, I feel like we can talk about this because I know you're going to do your big Facebook announcement, but we're not, this, no one's going to hear this until way after that. Cool. So can we talk a bit about yeah. what you've got planned for the release? Mm-hmm. What, we, like what you're going to what you're gonna put out next week on Facebook? So it, it will be the, the artwork mm-hmm. and the track listing and the, the date of release. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to be 2017. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to guess it's going to be February. Well, it, I want it to be February, but I just got word that it has to be March okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to come around pretty quick. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. January um, and February are a bit of a blur in the scheme of things, so... Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, we made it in March this year. Yeah. And so there's been quite... There's a longer period of time yeah. than the last album. Yeah, yeah. the last album was, like, recorded, boom. It was, like, really quick. Yeah. Um... And I'm really excited about it. It's same band, same producer. Yeah. But there's like, again, this progression. Yep. Kind of. Remember the heart, the one that beats beneath you. You the love that brought me closer to heaven. We it's not necessarily like a step up, but it's like. It's hard for me to talk about it, but I feel like it's like times past. um, You know, this album is more like about me and uh, you know learning about myself, and and it's kind of less like heartbreak, a, a little bit more kind of like assurance yeah and, um, sounds like it's a little bit of a reflection of of I guess what's been going on the last couple of years you've been, you have been pushed into this world where apart from anything else you've probably been forced to learn quite a bit about yourself yeah through through being more in the spotlight through doing more performance yeah through um, you know as well as just a person's personal growth at the age and stage that you're at anyway yeah. even if you weren't you know writing songs and performing totally um, yeah and are you playing the material live already yeah. bits of it yeah totally I have yeah um the when when Sam and I play together it's a it's a different like it's a full band record yeah but the songs translate yeah s- sort of s- same, well, uh, yeah. Let's. <laughs> you said to me, "Don't ask me this," but let's talk a little bit about the songwriting process. Only in that I imagine that's why they translate. Like I'm guessing your songwriting process is essentially you with a guitar. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, does it vary? Do words come first sometimes? Or does music come first sometimes, or is or do you have a pretty set it's, sort of pattern of how a song starts to emerge? It's very. Um, very random. I often do quite a lot of writing anyway, so um, 
you mean prose writing like, yeah like I just write yeah. in, a, in, a, yeah. in a book or on a computer yeah. and sometimes I'm just like going for a walk and I just get words I write them on my phone or whatever and then I kind of put it to the guitar or I just pick up the guitar and it just comes out or it's, it's yeah. really quiet there's no kind of no, there's never any set um, pack beyond a rhythm that might start to work for someone but what I, all I wanted to get at there was that because you're essentially working with voice and guitar it's easy to see how those songs can be built up with arrangements but also stripped right back to a duo format which yeah. is why they can work as live performances separate from the record, yeah? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because essentially they're really lyrically driven. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I find that um, tra uh, travelling really helps with unblocking. Yeah. Um, and also, kind of, was it Dom Aggression that said, someone said something about this, but you know how, you know, you have these, these songs, some of them are about quite um, kind of low points or difficult stages, and often I can't unlock that emotion or feeling until I'm like out of it yeah you know so yeah. like in between putting out this listen to formation and making the second record I actually had you know there were some like big life changes and for a period of time I was kind of unable to write until I kind of got out of it do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like yeah. when you're feeling like down it's really hard for me to write so yeah, it's kind of like um that's something probably too. most things that you possess are being channeled to just get you through that moment not to sit down and go right I need to write something that might yeah. that might provide me some income at some point based on this <laughs> yeah, yeah. feeling where I actually feel like shit like no no yeah. you actually just try to cope yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I kind of knew that but it was it took someone hearing someone say that to be mm. like yeah that's so that's so um, I think it was something to do with this new music foundation thing with mental health which I think is like yeah, yeah. amazing and so about time yeah probably a little too late but yeah it's just yeah I was talking to Sean Donnelly recently and he was talking about you know he said exactly the same thing uh, and, and and said you know like he talked about his, his own situation and he said I'm a, you know, I'm a depressive type and and, and sort of knowing that is, is certainly part of the battle, knowing that yeah. about yourself. But he said, I, I, his experience was something like um, most of the musicians he worked with, you know, probably did fit into that category as well. Like maybe maybe most of them knew it, but some of them didn't know it. Mm. But it is sort of uh, why is that? I mean, it, to me, it feels like it's 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 based around the not just the stress of the, the the job and the worry of the income, but it is a an occupation and a hobby that's fraught with highs and lows, right? Mm. Like it's and so you it becomes um, there becomes a nag where you need a certain kind of adulation. You expect it, mm. uh, you know. If, again, if people maybe people aren't quite as honest with themselves about that at the time, but they really do because we are creatures of habit mm. you know so you get into this habit of 
So hitting a stage nightly and being told you're wonderful is probably a pretty special feeling, mm. but it's also filled with its own weird kind of emptiness when, yeah. you, when you unpack it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because you kind of like because I've had to do had to I've been writing a lot about this album, answering sort of these press questions this yeah. week, and um, you know, this new album is was really about me getting to know that side of myself, you know, and and going from feeling like and listen to formation, you know, I, a lot of the time I felt like there was there was something quite wrong with me, you know, that I was. Um, that I felt quite isolated in, in this way of being and now this new record is kind of like me um, you know being like well this is just the way like I, if it was any other way if I was like a complete straight person that could like get up and work nine to five five days a week I wouldn't be writing songs you know yeah. so it's like this kind of yeah and also the highs it's I don't know it's just all part of it really yeah. Mm. So you see those lofty Joni Mitchell, Laura Nairo comparisons come from that place too, because those are people that have put exactly those kinds of experiences relevant to them into, yeah. into their songs, very soul-bearing yeah. songs. I mean, you, that's where again, that's where Joni is that kind of benchmark mm. for definitely for as 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 frustrating as the term is the female singer songwriter but also completely outside of that as exactly what she is a songwriter mm. but if you were going to adhere to that idea you know she is sort of the the first even slightly mainstream confessional female singer songwriter mm. and really owning that stuff that could have been kind of turned against her mm. um so i you know you might, you might end up setting yourself up for some more of those comparisons and they, they will be, I would hope, meant in, in, in earnest and, you know, yeah. um, with full respect. So, um, what, what happens playing overseas? Do you get, like, on the bill with some pretty interesting people? Do you meet some heroes or find some really great musicians that you've connected with or is it all very fleeting and just... It's pretty fleeting, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of our European shows were, I was headlining, so yeah. I'd be submitted like um, three supports and we'd pick one and it'd generally be pretty fleeting. Yeah. Um, we played a, f um, a few festivals, it was, it was great, yeah. Um, I haven't met any, any heroes lately, but um, I really want to go and and try and meet Rufus Wainwright in Auckland because he's like probably my top three. Really? Yeah. Like, what is it about him that um, does it for you? Just his like his songwriting and his vulnerability, you know, it kind of just like mm. it, it just gets me right like bored, you know, like he's just. Have you seen him before? Yeah, I saw him in Christchurch yeah. like years ago. Yeah. Um, and no one was allowed to applaud. Oh, you, yeah, I saw the yeah, I saw the version. And he was in this big, like, yeah, with the long big train. And he's had this the whole like, suite that he'd done about his mum. Those songs were all about his mum. Yeah, sort of inspired right. by his mum's death. And, and you know, he's had this like extremely colourful life, and he's really vulnerable and honest. And I think people just kind of, for me, that's like a huge relief and comfort to mm. just. Feel that from him. Yeah, yeah. Have you 
um, sussed out any of the sort of uh, family links with him? Have you checked out the music that his dad and his sister and yeah. his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Martha's stuff. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um... Because yeah, I mean, they sort of all write songs about no, each other and to yeah, each other as well, you know, there's that, that thing going on as well that's kind of quite special. Yeah. C- certainly unique. Um, yeah. yeah, I've seen him a couple of times and he's a great, yeah, he's kind of a, a great total package, isn't he? Because he is a really great songwriter, but mm. he's also, I mean, his voice is just amazing and he's mm. a good performer. Um, he's, he's really great. Mm. Um, and so, cool. Well, what else? So, what else is the obviously the new album is the about to be the focus. Mm. Um, so we go back to Europe in February. Yeah, and to start pushing it just before it's out. Yeah. Um, so, do you get much of a break? You gonna have the summer off, or are you playing shows through the through the Christmas January? Or yeah, December's pretty busy. Yeah. Um, I'm going back to Australia actually in a couple of weeks, and then January I'm taking off. Yeah. Like basically, I have to quit my job basically because yeah. like, I'm just like can't work. Yeah. And and don't and the amazing thing is that I don't need to work really at yeah. the moment yeah. because you know it's just incredibly lucky and people, you're keeping afloat through what you've yeah doing. yeah people yeah. just want to people come to the shows and yeah yeah um and then yeah February we're away and then New Zealand tour um. After the record, probably out. April, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and 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 what sort of pressure do you? Like, well, I guess it's tricky because you you made the record a year ago, basically. Well, you will have made the record a year ago when it comes out. What sort of pressure did you feel making it um, as a as a follow up? And then how have you been able to kind of let that go? And then I guess all that whatever pressure you've either felt or heard about people like me and it's like me bringing it up it's going to emerge again when the record gets released right <laughs> I think and when I, people talk about the difficult second album was it a difficult experience writing and recording it I think I've thought about that for like five seconds in the studio and then I just kind of that sounds like the get, right approach yeah because the approach you know the the way I wrote the songs, the way we operated in the studio was exactly the same. Nothing had changed. Yeah. The only thing that had changed was that I knew that um, that I could pay to get the albums produced, yeah. you know, and yeah, that I had yeah. a record label and that I had publishing. And you that. had more support, basically. You had yeah. more, more behind you. So, in, in, in it, so that is... Um, well, that's huge. That's, that's a relief. And that's huge for your confidence, right? Like, that's huge for your confidence going in there to do it. Like, you had success... Mm. of whatever level mm. plus you have support to to replicate the steps of the recording mm. and you already know you've gone through this process that the songs are different they're mm. about a different thing altogether they're about you know you haven't you haven't just repeated yourself with the songwriting no and I think it's impo- yeah that was important to me is that it was a progression and I think it's impossible as long as you're growing you know you're always going to be changing I think vocally I've changed as well yeah. Apparently. So, um, in terms of pressure, I mean, I can't, if I get stuck in that kind of thinking, it's just quite negative. But I can't, my, my intention isn't like for people to like it, it's more for me to just feel okay in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is, is, um, 
a really really important and b I sort of feel that that's kind of a bit of I feel like this that's sort of been lost in the last few years that mm. that idea that that is actually I think you get the disingenuous version of that you get the very famous person doing the big interview on TV mm. with mega sales telling you that mm. after they've made it which mm. is a lie but you don't actually get people saying this music's for me first and foremost mm. I'm really blown away by the support and the success I love fans you know I'm really mm. but I'd still be doing it if none of you liked it. Mm. That's really refreshing to hear because I feel like that's kind of we don't hear that enough. I think it's I think it's quite easy for it to not be like that too. Yeah. And I think I see that happening all the time. Mm. And I think that's I think it's quite a dangerous place to be in. Not dangerous. That's the wrong word. But just it's kind of like I want to have a long. I wanted to be doing this for a long time. Yeah. And. I think if I lose my kind of vision, then it's kind of game over, you know. Do you know what I mean? If I, I start, totally. If I start kind of doing it for the wrong reasons or letting someone else come in and make decisions or or I get wrapped up in, you know, the absolutely. ritzy and the, the cash. It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we sort of have this thing in New Zealand where we've got two sets of music industries going on it feels like um, you're, you're part of and I'm really linking you to this because of the people you've worked with but that whole kind of Littleton crew and those names you mentioned like Marlon Williams and stuff um, that's a bunch of people that are doing it for what feels like the right reasons mm. and then you get people like Marlon whose success is going to I would imagine just keep continuing mm. and he is going to be you know a phenomenon and a pop star yeah but it's still going to be the right kind of music and for the right reasons mm. I, I certainly hope so and people can people can tell as well you yeah. Know? yeah and you get people like mm. like tammy nielsen who is i think really great and at home doing stuff like her performance on the award shows and i, I find those award shows pretty painful mm. but there's something that she does as a sort of quite gifted all-round entertainer that mm. works for that, and mm. yet watch her on a stage with, you know, you, you've shared some musicians with her. Mm. Watch her on a stage with those musicians, and you know better than I do how good they are. Mm. But she does something that just seems so far removed from any of the tack of the industry, the tackiness mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, there's, so there are some people that are able to intersect with it, yeah. but it's quite nice that there feels like there's been in the last few years this little bit of a kickback mm. against that red carpet bullshit, which just mm. feels that's you know that's got that's the complete opposite of what you said when you said I make this music for mm. myself first mm. and foremost. That red carpet thing is the complete opposite of that. That's like we're making this music for a phone company to exploit, <laughs> you know, mm. to, for their advertisers and for their you know for their fans and yeah it becomes about Vodafone's fans or something yeah 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 and users which is ridiculous I sort of had that ex- I mean I, I had that experience when because I was nominated for the Folk Tui last year yeah and I was nominated alongside two other um, musicians that are both my friends and are both amazing yeah and um, kind of went went to it and did the thing and, and didn't win and it was fine to not win but it was just like 
it was almost kind of humiliating for me to even put myself in that position yeah, to look you, like I wanted to win. Cause yes. We, and, and like you I, bought into it for... Because you felt you had to. Yeah. But it could have looked like you were buying into it because you were buying into it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I felt really happy for Holly, who won. Yeah. yeah. But I felt humiliated because... I didn't want people to think that this is why I was doing it, and 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 well, you point, guys aren't really in competition, but you all ended up by buying into it. You made it look like you were in competition. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I made a decision right then that I just didn't want to be a part That'll of that. That'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Aranda's? Have you caught up with Aranda's? I, I watched that quite yeah. briefly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think. Yeah. Like. You have to do that kind of stuff. You have to speak up about that kind of shit. And you just... Yeah, it's good on her. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, um, but you didn't watch the awards too closely. No, <laughs> yeah, I actually had a show that night in Auckland. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I don't... I'd probably rather poke my eyes out than go to that, you know, like... Yeah. The, the thing that I do really still respect is the Silver Scrolls. I yeah. think that's still quite a well-respected... Well, that's a songwriting award, you know. That's So you're a songwriter, so that means something. The, uh, the, the music awards, as a, you know, that's a popular... Some weird fudged-together popularity contest that... Yeah. That there's no real rhyme or reason to... You know, they can all say that, oh, people vote on it and this mm. and that, but it's bullshit. They send mm. out the judges. Uh, they don't even send out the judges... Um, links to music mm. they just send them names so they don't they don't send them the albums they don't even send them links they <coughs> just send them um, a list of names and they yeah. make it I, th- I believe they might have changed it for this year but they make it that you it's compulsory to vote for you know up to five people in every category well mm. not every you know not every person likes every category of music and not every person has even heard of some of those people mm. and you're talking like 50 and 60 names and you have to pick five well yeah, yeah. you know what some years what is the difference between a P Money song and a Vince Harder song you know like mm. and especially when P Money has produced it for you know like yeah. the, they're the same song or the same sentiment and you've got to pick both of them yeah it's just it's just stupid and also like uh why is the same I mean there's a bunch of people that judge it but why are those same people judging the sort of music you make the sort of music you know 10 other people make that's very different let alone whether those things deserve to even all be linked to one or two genres yeah. but why is the person you know commenting on all of these because I, I, I was one of the judges for for years and yeah. I just uh, I didn't feel I pulled out because I just didn't feel that um my my voice was being reflected in any way at yeah. all. Like it was just like you. I almost believe you're discarding. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that I should be the person who chooses, but it's, the end result is so far removed mm. from what I think about music that clearly this is sort of some sort of lip service that you're running. Yeah. So yeah, I can't believe I can't believe it's a fair contest at all. Mm. Whereas the Silver Scroll is whether you like it or not, I mean, I was not at all impressed with this year's winner, but, you know, it still went through a process that is fair, mm-hmm. I think. I, I, I think it did. I, I have my doubts this year, because I, I, I think know. they gave it to a guy who uh, shows 
potential but didn't write a good song that's my feeling i had to kind of remove myself quite quickly because i was getting quite bitter Mm. because i just was i was just think the phoenix foundation should have won and it just they need a silver scroll by now you know it's like yeah i agree so i don't know they've done enough to but they've done enough to prove they should have one but that was a particularly strong song from them too that was ended i think I think there should be two rounds of voting, like the, the another vote for the top five. Yeah, yeah, that came up quite a bit um, um, this year uh, in some of the discussion that went on after the awards. Yeah, and I thought that was actually a really good point, definitely. Yeah, because the first vote is too spread out. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and and I guess and, you know what I'm what I'm sort of getting from from you around this too is. And how I, I sort of feel about it and how I would feel if I was in your shoes is all of this is just a fucking distraction for what you're actually trying to do, which yeah. is write and record and perform things you're pleased with. Yeah. So all of this shit is jumping through hoops for fucking someone else, right? Yeah. And so that's what I hope you never lose, lose sight of based mm. on what you're saying yeah. right now because it is, you know, flattering as it might be to be told you're the best that's mm. something that's kind of bullshit you know mm. um yeah 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 <laughs> another thing is that like there is so much booze at the silver scrolls yes yeah, yeah and again like, it's about anything but the music like i know it's, it's like 80 percent of those people probably like we're just talking about it like have mental health issues and yeah I was just going to say this is like, doing nothing this is actually promoting literally fueling that issue yeah uh, there's uh, very obvious links between alcohol particularly mm. and whatever else in the, in the in the sort of drugs and substances field and and unlocking it and, yeah. and uh, enabling people's fragilities yeah yeah, yeah. That it's kind very of irresponsible yeah. So that might that might change with regard to the the sort of new stuff that's coming into place, but mm. maybe not. Like, maybe mm. not because because it, they want that shindig element. They want that that showcase, that big show pony, mm. red carpet sort of malarkey. Which, as I say, that's all just distraction. I like a lot of things about your music, but I I really like hearing from you. I mean, we've never met before. Mm. You just came in and, and we had a quick chat, and now we're doing this. But I. I like that you're, I guess we've, we might have interacted a little bit on Facebook or whatever, but you know, not even that much directly, I don't think, beyond setting this up. I, I like that your music, uh, to me, feels very honest and real, and that's what you've sort of put across here. So I like mm. that, in that sense, it's, it's everything that I expect, that it is some reflection of your soul, and it's what you're, mm. what you're feeling and thinking, and that's what you're putting out into the world. Mm. And you kind of, it feels like you're backing that up very admirably as well Mm. Um, well that's good that yeah it's good that it comes across like that I I mean there's no other way for me to really do it you know Mm. Mm. tell me about working with um, Hera Lindsay Bird how'd that that come about you guys know each other already I met her for the first time a couple months ago in Dunedin at the Writers Festival yeah just met up for a coffee a bunch of people had told us to be friends and I'd read her book and like what the fuck this is like so good uh, so good yeah it's so funny but also uh, it's got so much outside of just being you know like uh, when people started 
there's another one of those backlash situations got created where when those poems went viral there were a bunch of people going around going oh she's a one trick pony it's all just it's not really poetry it's just silly I reckon she's got all the as much as I would fucking know she's got all the poetry chops going as well but it is also really fucking funny she's a genius and yeah. she's been like slogging away just the of way of course you, you don't just do that no. Overnight on a whim. Which, yeah. again, I think people thought that's what it was. Just, mm. like, spewing out whatever's on your mind. You don't just do that. It's very considered. Yeah. It's very thought out. And and so we met and we had a coffee and it was great. We kind of were, like, kind of related a bunch. And, um, and then I just said, do you want to support my show? And she said, yes. And so we're doing the show together. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so... I've never seen her do anything, uh, uh, perform. Mm. Is, is she just going to be reading? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen her perform either. Yeah, but, but I, you don't um, you don't expect her to have a guitar and sing the poems. She's, no, she it's is, a reading. It is yeah. a reading. Yeah, yeah, that's what I imagine. And I think that's kind of nice, you know. I think it's great. Yeah, sometimes people get kind of over. I always worry about, like when I go to a show, like, I actually don't want to see like... Mm-hmm. I don't really want to see support acts all the time unless I yeah. really like them. And I always and ones that are too similar is a yeah. real concern. I saw, I don't know if you were at the show, but I saw, uh, last year I saw Laura Barling with uh, Holly Oatman, Tony Rowan's opening. Yeah. And though I think that overall that worked, yeah. I felt very sorry for Holly. I don't know if I needed to because I think she's got enough of an audience that it worked and it went fine but I yeah. did I did think it's, it almost seemed a little unfair to her that essentially someone who's like the setting is someone who's more famous than you at slash more important because they've travelled further <laughs> you know they've yeah, come yeah, from yeah. overseas is about to, to come on and do what you do and because she's after you and we've paid to see her name on the ticket she must be better so it's almost yeah. setting up the opening act to not have a chance at all yeah and I've always been a fan of the yeah the show where a band opens for a singer-songwriter or yeah. a poet or you know whatever like mm. maybe not a juggler or a comedian but yeah. I, I, I think poetry works really well as an opening act particularly yeah. for a songwriter because it is setting up for you I would hope mm. the idea that people are going to shut up and listen because they have to do that to hear a person read and they know it's about the words and then that sets that up for you. Mm. But um, no one could go, oh, well, you're better than her because you're working in two different disciplines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually also did a poetry paper at university this year Mm -hmm. and so I was introduced to a lot of... um, a, a kind of different angle and different poets and it was like... Um, this new world kind of opened up for me. Yeah. And I developed this kind of new love for, for poetry as well. Awesome, yeah. And it was quite challenging for me too. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a, obviously a strong link between poetry and lyric writing. Yeah, of course. And they, don't have to, they don't have to both do the same things, but they, to me, they're, usually they're steering in the same direction, you know, mm. if anything, like... You know, yeah. you can get away with a lot in a song that you can't in a poem, Yeah, I would say. Mm. Um, by, I always think of these good lines by Paul Kelly. He says, if the music's doing its job properly, it will charge the good lines and it will obscure the weak ones, mm. you know, which I think is a really good way of thinking about the relationship between music and words in a song. Mm. And so a poem doesn't have that. 
mm. it just sits on the page with nothing to yeah to hide it but yeah as a form of they're both shortened forms of storytelling or they're both you know like clipped versus a giant big long piece of prose mm. so they're both like little extracts of a story mm. and they both get to also hide they can just be the middle of a story they can just be the beginning of a story they can mm. you know they can just be the end they make they make the list they think a little bit about the context of they don't have to be beginning middle and end mm. and yet a lot of people write songs still with that narrative structure which is also okay yeah yeah um mm. so what's what were some of the sort of poets that you've been digging um what did that what did that course introduce you to well, it, it was actually kind of a workshopping mm-hmm. course, mm. so... Um, More practical. Yeah, we were kind of, we would meet together, the 12 of us, a couple of times a week, and be given these um, writing exercises yeah, to yeah. do, and Emma Neal yeah. ran it, yeah, so yeah. She'd, um, she'd sort of instruct us, and, and then we would come together and we would read them, and then we'd workshop the poems. Did you find you could apply some of those same things to actual lyric writing, or... Did you treat it very separately as, okay, these are exercises for doing poetry and I'll just, this is just, this may filter into my work down the track? Yeah, it was, I kind of can't tell yet because it was quite recent, but it was kind of accessing that same kind of way in which I write lyrics, but um, yeah, it was a a different kind of challenge. It was, I really liked the discussions and kind of... um, the vulnerability, you know, like reading a poem to a group is was quite yeah. a new thing for me, and you know there were some moments where I just wanted to like kind of shoot myself a little bit just because it kind of turned into a therapy session, but um, it was good. It was a really good thing to do. Yeah, I actually can't remember any names of any poems, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I mean I'm pretty obsessed with Hera and. Um, I like Janet Frame's poetry too. Yeah, I like yeah, her novels yeah, more, but I think yeah. some of her poems are really, especially because she, you know, she's lived from like Omoro and Dunedin, which is where I yeah, grew yeah, up, you're, so exactly. So you I can just, kind of see that on the page and her, you know through her worldview. Yeah, and it's a real comfort. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, how did how did uh, where you grew up? I mean, that's quite an arty neck of the woods, isn't it? I think it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. When I was at primary school, it was like really embarrassing to live in Port Chalmers. Really? Right. Yeah, like it'd be like, you'd be quite, I was embarrassed. But now it's like this kind of hub of, of kind of. I think Holly Tufari was living down that way. Yeah. You know, speaking of great New Zealand poets and. Mm. And Rolf Hotry did, did his time down there too, yeah. of course. And that's that's just what I mean, just very broadly. There's a few kind of key figures that, ca- that ca- come have from come there. from there that, that yeah. must be, they sort of loom so large that they probably end up being slightly inspiring, if not influential, to someone like yourself without you even consciously... They just become names that people mention, yeah. so you live with them on some... You know, I think Janet Frames is another good example of that. Mm. I mean, you can see... There's lots of um, artists there presently, and, and you can see why, because it's it's cheap, and it's kind of romantic, and... And the coast, you know. Yeah, you know. and inspiring yeah, to exactly. a beach really quick, yeah. but... Um, you know, it's really cold, and... <laughs> 
isolated. Yeah. At a, you know, at a, at a, at a world sense. Well, you, you see know, the same you're near the bottom. Day. Yeah, you're near the bottom of a country that is miles, you know, that is at the bottom of the world. Yeah. And so you're even closer to the bottom of the world. So, yeah. Yeah. I sort of have little panics every now and then of, of moving back to Auckland, but, yeah. you know, I reckon five minutes back there, I'd, like, regret it. You're going to be uh, quite peripatetic. You're going to be quite sort of all over the shop for the next wee while though, right? Like, home's, yeah. home's going to be wherever works. Yeah. With long stays back somewhere like there when you can. Yeah, it's good but, to have a base down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to be, you have to be open to those sort of winds of change. Yeah. Mm. The Melbourne might become the base. Yeah. You know, Portland might become the base. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll that, see. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I had zero desire to move. Are you are, are you open to that? Like, is that you know? Are you, I guess, or do you feel very bonded and connected to New Zealand and, and I, happy to be here? I think um, I, I could be somewhere for like six months as a you know temporary. Yeah, yeah. But I want to live in New Zealand. I want to have children here yeah. and raise them here and have buy a house here. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think we've got it like pretty good, apart from all the. Yeah. earthquakes but you know yeah there was a real sense of i think europe especially at the moment there's a lot of unease yeah of and you know <laughs> america's no, fucked yeah we could all send our work out into the world from here now you know which yeah, isn't you know, that amazing? which which none of us growing up mm. even dreamed of you know you, yeah. you you thought you had to go somewhere to announce yourself now you can actually well that's the thing i kind of worried a little bit you know about the fact that maybe I would need to move to London yeah. or whatever, and and I because I have a, a manager now who lives in, who's based in Manchester, and I sort of said you know <clears throat> I just want to I want to live in New Zealand, and I and I don't mind if I have to tour for like eight months of the year, but I yeah. just that's where I want to live, and he and, and you know that is possible now, you know yeah. it's not you yeah, don't yeah. have to move to London, that's you don't right. have to yeah yeah so. Big year next year for you, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. We're just gonna do. What, yeah. We're just gonna do carry on as usual and. Yeah. And so Sam and I are touring in Europe, and it's like we get to see all this crazy. Yeah. Part, you know parts of the world. And yeah. Meet these amazing people, and we're just doing our thing, and 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 I think my my mindset for this new record is literally it. A, just a natural progression and it was a I wanted to do it and I've done it and I'm happy about it and yeah I hope I think people that are already fans I think I think they're gonna I think it's yeah gonna be good for them you don't think you're gonna piss anyone <laughs> off that was on board nah you don't think you're gonna jettison any because they can't deal with this it's gonna be a logical progression I think for album number three we're gonna go kind of like strip we're gonna strip back Right, but yeah. And do like kind of Rawlings Welsh kind of vibes. Right. Because, you know, both these albums are band albums. They're, yeah. They're full, they're yeah. kind of lush. And <clears throat> I think, so number three is, I think it's just going to be acoustic. Does anything at all exist for album number three yet? Even in sketch? There's new songs. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, have you already, like, are you pretty regular with the writing? songwriting process you yeah, chip moment. away at the more is the album the kind of project that makes you write songs it's just kind of like a, a 
like a time, you know, like the album three will probably be from like now till whenever. Yeah. It's yeah. Just kind of, yeah, chip away and yeah, just, I mean, I have really, the thought of making another album's a bit stressful at the moment, but, but you kind of <laughs> got to keep yeah. think, having that kind of vision and next step. It's been